This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey, you fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 61. Hey. Episode 61, and we're going to be doing our review of The Girl Who Died, mm. which was an interesting one, to say the least. It's certainly got a lot of reaction, hasn't it? I mean, a, yeah, really, really divisive reaction. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for the first time this this series as well. It's been the, I think it's been the first one that's truly sent fans one way or the other. Which is surprising, actually, given like, you know, the, the Davros story and, and everything else we've had so far. It's quite amazing, actually, the, the massive divide that this episode's got so far. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, I don't know if you guys clocked, but Maisie Williams was in it. No, was she? I think so. I must have blinked. Yeah, must have missed that one. Don't blink. <laughs> don't blink. <laughs> Just wink, see? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Maisie Williams. Well, we'll get on then. The good thing is, I've absolutely no idea at all what you thought of this episode this this week. I yeah. mean, I don't generally know, but sometimes I get an inkling. Um, but I've no idea what you made of this episode. Yeah, you um, too, buddy. I'm not sure. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I've kept I've kept very quiet. I've been zipped zipped the lips this week. I've been very quiet. Yeah, me too. I haven't really um. Yeah, because we don't really jump on Twitter or Facebook that much, do we? And say, oh, that was amazing or that sucked, because uh, otherwise that would just spoil the re- spoil the review for you guys, wouldn't it? Well, because we follow yeah. each other, we tend to see it. And I, I do get tweeted, like people will say, especially on the Facebook page, people will say, oh, what did you think? And then I've been like really coy lately, because <laughs> I'm just thinking, Gary might just, you know, happen to be checking the old Facebook and see it. So, yeah, I've been very tight-lipped. Yeah. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. As, as you, buddy. Mm. You been up to anything? Um, yeah, I've been, I've been doing a bit of filming this week, filming my Halloween special. That's been fun. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's been good fun. A uh, bit of dressing up going on. Um, <laughs> I've been polishing off a few more of the Doom Coalition stories, so I've listened to the first three now, the oh, three sweet. out of the four. Yep. Uh, how far have you got with it? On um, disc two. Disc two. Oh, right, yeah. the Red Lady. Yes. Yeah, I must admit, I thought the first two were fantastic. I really enjoyed them. Third one, good. Um, not as good as the first two. Right. Um, but I'm on to the final part in the first box set yet. Um, I was going to ask you, actually, I haven't received my physical copy of it yet, the actual set. Have you? Uh, I haven't, but I did get an email from them yesterday morning. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, just to say that my uh, discs have been dispatched. So probably early next week, I would say. Was, did you get yours direct from Big Finish? Yes. Uh, okay, because I so did I, but I got a dispatch email well over a week ago um, and still nothing. And I, I know from a couple of our listeners, they've had the same thing, but a couple of them have said they got theirs yesterday, so I'm hoping mine will turn up any day now. But I seem to be waiting on a lot of stuff, actually. I don't know if my postman's a Doctor Who fan. and he's <laughs> my, my Doctor Who magazine arrived um, in a... Very carefully opened envelope this week, oh. uh, or, or last week, was it? Last week, sorry. Yeah, yeah. it was bizarre, because they come in like a clear envelope. And 
you know, I thought, you know, if it were just sort of accidentally torn. But, you know, when you sort of very carefully cut along the bottom of a an envelope, it was like that. And I was like, has my postman just decided to give this a quick read? Because it was a couple of days late as well. So hmm. I, don't know, I don't know what's going on at the minute. I'm not making any accusations, but uh, <laughs> yeah, some strange stuff. I'm waiting for an awful lot of stuff to turn up as well. We will not so. cast any aspersions at this point. Mm. But if I see him wearing a Doctor Who badge or a bow tie... You need <laughs> to drop st- him. Or a fez, yeah, it's going to be some questions asked, yeah. Yeah, you're mm. going to dish out a couple of a couple of slaps and take them right <laughs> off him. A couple of slams, couple yeah. Of- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, apart from that, bit of Doom Coalition, I did join the nation in watching a bit of Back to the Future last night. I felt it had to be done. Oh, um, cool, yes. For Back to the Future Day. So Marty! Marty Great Scott! Great Scott! So I watched Back. a bit of, uh, well, I watched all of, actually, the second one. Um, which I really enjoyed. That's a long time since I've watched that, and it did take me back. It's probably the weakest of the three, but I still really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. You, you into the old Back to the Future stuff? Very much so. Yeah, I um, you are. Yeah, um, I didn't watch. I only watched part two last night, and that's because it was on ITV two or something. Oh, was it? Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I put that on because I think that's the one. Um, that is the one where he ends up in the, in yesterday's date, wasn't it? The twenty first. Yeah, I'm just yeah. laughing because I went and dug the Blu-ray because I got it on Blu-ray, so I went and put the Blu-ray on. But you're telling me I could have just turned it on. <laughs> it was actually on the TV. I should have known yeah. it was on, actually, yeah. Yeah, well, um, myself and the wife, we said, well, let's, yeah, because we've got the Blu-ray box as well. We said, let's dig that out. We'll have a, we'll have a Back to the Future marathon later. Yeah. Um, and the time was just pushing on, and we're like, we're not going to see all these three, are we? Tonight we'll be asleep. But um, And then we saw it as an ITV, so, yeah, it was cool. The only thing right. is um, adverts break the movie up a bit, but... Yeah, this gives the, you a chance to go and make a cuppa. Put the kettle on, yeah. That's it. Um, yeah, so Back to the Future Day, there was loads going on as well. There was, um, it just seemed like the whole world was just tweeting and put, putting pictures up. It was awesome. I put a picture up and, yeah, love it. Love Back to the Future. I'm really gutted that I missed out. I think um, earlier on this year that the Royal Albert Hall, they did Back to the Future in concert. Oh, really? And that would have been cool. I think they were playing like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the soundtrack to all the movies and stuff. And I think they had to like, like the movies or you know clips of the movies playing on a huge screen you know like the um doctor mm. who proms thing where yeah. they have like the video and stuff so that would have been cool so i'm gutted i missed that but hopefully they'll do that again yeah i love it when they do that sort of stuff i know exactly what you mean it's really good when they have the the clips playing along to the music and stuff brilliant mm-hmm. yeah i think they're doing an indiana jones one. Oh, that'd be good but that's sold out really quickly so uh, uh. miss that one as well Mm. So what, what have you been up to, buddy? I know I saw a fantastic picture of you in a Stormtrooper helmet um, <laughs> saying, saying you'd got your Star Wars tickets. I was like, wow, I love it. Where did you get that? Right. I have a confession to make. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that wasn't a proper Stormtrooper helmet. That was just my uh, Photoshop skills. No. Yep. Really? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got me. I'm going to go back and have a look at that now. <laughs> yeah. I hope I can see a jagged light. I told you, I must start wearing my glasses. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, that, well, that was superb. I actually thought you'd got like a proper Stormtrooper helmet. Well, everybody did, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, I don't want to bang on too much about Star Wars, but yeah, um, they released tickets on Monday. Mm. Um, and literally every, it, it just broke the internet. Essentially, every major like cinema website just went down. Um, but I did manage cause I was like frantically refreshing mm. at like 10 to eight and stuff like that. So I managed to get an opening night ticket and, uh, on the Thursday night, and then I'm going to go and watch it in the big 3d IMAX job on the Friday. Oh, amazing. So, yeah. Fantastic. I can't wait to hear your thoughts though. Cause I'm, I'm just buzzing 
for this film. I, I really am. I, I love I love Star Wars. Um, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I haven't got my tickets, um, but um, yeah, really, really looking forward to that coming yeah. out. Um, something that did arrive, though, yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, was my ticket for the festival next month. Oh, right. I saw lots of people putting pictures on Facebook of their tickets. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Uh, um, yeah, that ramped up the excitement level a little bit more. See, I feel a bit disappointed because I opted to print mine. <laughs> so oh. I, didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. So I was seeing all these pictures. Of, you know, I've had mine just printed on a bit of paper for months. Um, but you also got a souvenir bit with it, didn't you? Yes. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm a bit jealous of that, I have to say. Oh, do you want my one? No, no, couldn't, couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly, no. But so I'll, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll just, uh, I might photocopy it. <laughs> you might photocopy it. Yeah, yeah, Bloody that's hell. nice. That's a nice little, um, little thing to have. I think little souvenir ticket. It is yeah. quite cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise you opted to print it out. I thought everyone just as default just got. All oh, right, because was that an option when you booked it? Then you you just print your own or got one sent out. I'm pretty sure it is, but do you know what? I'm starting to question it now because everybody was saying their tickets were right yesterday. You know, I just said I, I'm, I seem to have got a lot of posts missing at the moment. Oh, it's that I, bloody postman, isn't it? I am. I am actually starting to think. I'm because <laughs> I have bought a few, um, you know, convention tickets and stuff recently, and they've mostly been printout ones. I'm just wondering if I've got it wrong. I better check up on that, and I. Yeah, what's going to happen? You're, you, we're going to do some research on your postman, and we're mm. going to find his Twitter feed, and he's going to put pictures on there of him like wearing all of your stuff, and he's saying, yeah. "I'm on my way to the festival. I got my ticket." Just finished listening to Do Coalition, <laughs> and I'm off to the festival. Yeah, hang on, this is a bit suspicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh God. Uh, well, let's hope that's not the case. Otherwise, it's going to be. Um, yeah. Now I'm sure I'm sure I've got it printed off upstairs, but I am questioning it now. I'm going to check. Yeah, <laughs> but I am a little bit gutted not to get the souvenir thing. That's pretty good, pretty thing. But yeah, um, other than that, uh, um, yeah, just a bit of Doom Coalition, and that's me. Yeah, it's nice. I'd, I'd say talking to conventions, I um, must just quickly say thank you to one of our listeners, uh, Adam the Ultimate Hoovian. Uh, he gave me a bit of a tip off. I think he did the same for you um, last time, actually. But I managed to get a ticket to the tom baker signing in november thanks to adam oh yes um yeah so that's i'm very pleased so i, I will be going on the 7th and getting my well hopefully getting my uh regenerations box set signed because my mission now is to get all the doctors to sign it now i've got one in there i seem to feel like i've got to get all the others so yeah, thanks cool. thanks adam for the for the tip off and and everything um i've now printed yeah that's i printed off a ticket for that um peter <laughs> davison is doing a convention in peterborough yes this weekend as well and i'm mm -hmm. desperate to go but it's a little bit of a drive but it's the only one he's doing in mm -hmm. the uk that i know of um but i don't really know how to get to peterborough or anything so i'm a bit mm, oh i'm so tempted yeah that doesn't look too bad that convention actually it's one of it's not a specific doctor who one i think it's the it's tv fest or something it's tv it? and movie fest or spectacular or something like that yeah it does look quite cool though is there some good mm. people there yeah, yeah yeah there's a couple of blake seven people there blake. Um, hey, blake. <laughs> um, blake's not there though um but yeah yeah it does look good and i oh if there was just a way i could get there i'd love to because peter would be a good one i i've met him a couple of times and i'd like to meet him again because he was in a very grumpy mood last <laughs> time i met him and i know that's not typical because i've met him twice before and he's always been quite nice and chatty stuff but yeah he really wasn't very happy last time i met him and the the, the last impression always stays with you do you know what i mean so whenever i think of it now i think no oh, he's a bit miserable last time <laughs> i met him but but to be fair he was in a stadium that was <laughs> in the middle of a 
well, for want of a better word, a storm in this sort of like gazebo being blown around in Milton Keynes. So I think he'd just had enough that day, yeah. uh, to yeah. be fair to him. Because he's, yeah, he's, normally, he's normally all right, old Peter. Mm. But, just jump uh, yeah. on the train, mate. What's the matter with you? Well, it's, uh, yeah, so uh, I have to get to King's Cross and then, yeah, I might do it. I'll see what happens, see what Sunday's <laughs> like. Yeah. You won't do anything else at the weekend anyway. Well, it'll, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll just be roped into doing stuff at home. So, yeah, I might sneak off <laughs> if, I, if, I can, if I can escape. Yeah, if you can escape. Yeah. Where are you going? Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere. Why have, you, why have you got your Doctor Who box set of you again? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Just put it a bit in a Sainsbury's bag. <laughs> yeah, just have to do the weekly shop. I'll see you in about eight hours. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you've got an excuse now because you have to buy bags and a lot of people are taking their bags with them. Very good point. Yeah, very good point. The yeah. whole thing's wired. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've been caught out a few times already. Actually, I normally take bags with me, but I have had to buy a few bags recently. Yeah, I know. It's all good though. It's all good. If we've waffled enough, yeah, I think it's enough waffle. I think we should land this baby. Let's get into the news. Let's do it. The news brought to you by the Big Blue Box podcast. Lovely. Lovely. First up, um, so this is quite cool. Um, we had the news, didn't we, a few weeks ago that there would be a new spin off show uh, called Class. Yes. Uh, which is coming next year. Little did we know um, that there was a potentially really awesome uh, spin off show from the classic years under our noses and nobody knew. Um, so what's happened is um, there's this company called Real Time Pictures, mm. and they've um, just recently announced um, uh, a direct to DVD release of a spin off adventure called Downtime, yeah. um, which is based around the character of the um, of the Brigadier, Lethbridge Stewart, um, and it actually stars Nicholas Courtney. Um, not only Nicol- Nicholas Courtney, but it also stars um, uh, Sarah Jane Smith, Elizabeth Sladen. Um, and who was the other lady? Deborah Watling. Know. Deborah Watling as well. Yeah. Um, and it's all based around. It's kind of like a. Um, I guess it's like a a sequel to that. You know, you know the Web of Fear and and that kind of stuff. Um, it, I, I think it's kind of like a a sequel because it's a, it's based around like the Great Intelligence and and the Snowmen and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a sequel where. Um, they return to um, uh, it's basically this university has been set up by um, uh, Professor Travers. Remember him? Oh, I do. I liked Professor Travers. Yeah, he was really cool. So they've set up this um, this university, um, and uh, the Brigadier and um, Sarah Jane they go off basically to investigate what's going on. Um, and it's kind of like. Um, I don't know what, what how I'd describe it. It's not like it, it, it's one of those things where it's kind of torchwoody, mm. I guess. It's kind of torchwoody. Um, uh, and I, well, you know, the Sarah Jane adventures, it's kind of like I, I'm guessing it's like a mix of her investigating stuff and then the Brigadier, who's very much bringing like the unit side of things. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a mix of Torchwood and Sarah Jane Smith adventures. Um, but it's just set in the classic years because it was filmed obviously many years ago. 
I was going to say, yeah, um, I was trying to w- work out when this was filmed because I've heard of this. I, I've heard of, of uh, Downtime, but I've never seen it. Uh, um, and it seems to be, I guess, when they announced this as being released, there was quite a good reaction to it. People were like, oh, finally, I think, because it, I think it only ever came out on VHS. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. So I think there was quite a sort of, oh, bit of excitement. And um, yeah, I've, I've never seen it. So I'm really intrigued by this. And I think because the, cause the classic series has, well, will have finished, I think, is it? Yes, yeah, Monday, isn't it, that The Underwater Menace comes out? So that will be mm-hmm. the last of the the classic um, stories released on DVD, unless we find any more. But, yeah, so it was quite nice to have something new on the horizon that, that I hadn't seen and sort of that was tied in with the classic series. And, yeah, it's kind of, like you said, a bit of a sequel to Web of Fear and uh, what was the first one? Abominable Snowman, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's quite nice. It was, um, yeah, it was made in 1995, Oh, right, yeah, 90s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the thing is, the thing, the story basically is um, uh, the Brigadier and Sarah Jane, um, who are both at this point in time actually part of UNIT, um, they investigate this thing called the New World University, which is in quote-unquote a sinister school uh, run by enemies um, Victoria Waterfield and Professor Travers. Um, and they've made a gateway to Earth um, which has been made by the great intelligence himself, so or itself. Um, so there's no involvement with the Doctor this time. It's all it's a pure spin-off and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to this. Actually, I'm, I'm definitely going to get this. Yeah, well, so am I. If it actually gets released, because when when's it due out? Aha, uh-huh, yes, um, it is meant to be out. Um, November sixteenth of November. Sixteenth November. As long as. Um, somebody doesn't throw a spanner in the works because it has been contested hasn't it yeah there's a dispute isn't there mm-hmm. mm. um and this is from um uh mayor uh, so the character the brigadier was written by two guys uh mervyn hazeman and henry lincoln mm. way back in the day back in the 60s and um it was those guys that authorized their usage to be used um in the show and stuff but what's happened is um, um, Mervyn Hazeman's granddaughter, Hannah Hazeman, Hat, um, she has basically said that they've gone ahead and announced the release and, and done everything, but mm. they haven't consulted her about it um, because she is claiming that, um, you know, she owns the, the, the rights or the, you know, the on-screen presence of these characters she now owns this because you know it's been passed down to her essentially yeah she's the executor of the um the, yeah hazeman yeah library estate yeah literary estate yeah literary um, estate, sorry, yeah, yeah so she's kind of claiming like some sort of like copyright infringement and rights infringement and stuff like that so it could it could stop the release or delay the release at least mm. um but real-time pictures have basically said we don't think we've done anything wrong um they signed an agreement um actually with mervyn hazeman um, uh, back in the 90s when this was made and nobody else has contested, nobody else has said anything. So I think they're just waiting for some kind of legal action from her if she decides to pursue that. I um, see. And then we'll go from there. But at, at the moment, the 16th of November. Yeah, well, I hope I hope um, they manage to resolve the, you know, the issues. I, I can see it from both sides. Um, but yeah, I hope, I hope it gets resolved because I, I really would like to see this. <laughs> yeah, so it seems to have taken a long time to actually finally get released. So yeah, let's hope they they can resolve it and it gets released. Yeah, indeed. We'll review it as well. If it gets released, we'll do a review of it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Excellent. Okay. Um, in other news, um, 
this is great, isn't it? The Beast of Fat. Remember the Lethbridge Stewart novels? Um, I can't believe it. Uh, we're already coming up to the third book in the series, um, and the third one gets released tomorrow. Well, no, depending when you listen to the podcast, yeah. <laughs> it'll be today, won't it? Be this the twenty third? It comes out. Yes. Uh, the Beast of Fan Rock, mm-hmm. um, and we both really enjoyed the horror of Fan Rock, didn't we? That's a good good story. Yeah, it was a cracking story, actually. Yeah. Because um, I think we we when we first. Um, uh read that one because we got a really nice signed edition didn't we from uh andy frank Allen. yeah um and so i that's kind of um that's like one of the the red ones on the shelf and we have um you know we have uh we've been sent a review copy of this um and we'll probably speak about it on a future show but if you've not read if you've not read this series yet if you've not got into it you should really pick them up because um I don't know about you, mate, but it really dives into the the actual the proper character of of the brigadier. Mm, yeah, you know, it really explores, um, you know, a lot of his interactions and a lot of um, you know stuff about him that you don't see in in the TV program, mm. um, which is a testament really to um to Mister Andy because um, it must be quite difficult to write a whole series of stories and books based around one character that's not you know pretty much a supporting character in a tv show yeah so he's done a really really good job as well as some of the other writers on this that have really explored his character to the fullest so if you haven't picked him up um you can get me like waterstones and forbidden planet and all that stuff or you can i think you can order it from um uh, candy jar books we'll stick a link in the show notes um but yeah so it's based around um uh, they're kind of sequels aren't they Or, or they're based around that time of the um the Tom Baker uh, story, Horror of Fang Rock. Well, this is a kind of prequel and sequel all in one, actually, I think, uh, looking at the synopsis for this, yeah. Right, okay, cool. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, if, if, it's that, if, you've not, if you've read the other ones, this is a given. You know, you have to get it in a series. But, yeah, what do you reckon on these, mate? I think these are really good. I was going to say, what I love about it is I think you can tell, like you said about the way it's written, that the people that are writing the, these books um, obviously know their stuff. They're not just people that have been brought in because it's Doctor Who and it's a franchise and, oh, we've got a Doctor Who book to write. These people, you know, live and breathe the show and it, you can tell. They, they, you know, they know, yeah. what, they know the characters inside out, which is why they're so well written. Um, I just love everything about them. I love the cover art. Um, yeah, they've been cracking stories up to now, so... Yes, it's a, it's a given. But yeah. also, uh, you were saying about ordering it. If you do pre-order it from Candy Jar Books directly, uh, you do get an additional free short e-story, uh, which is called The Cult of the Grinning Man. And I love that title. I think it's really <laughs> cool, The Cult of the Grinning Man. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's a nice little incentive. But I think, is that just for pre-order? Let me have a look. Yeah, it does say pre-orders of the book. So, um, If you're listening to this now, you've probably... You've probably missed it. You missed it, yeah. But if you have pre-ordered it, let us know what that's like. The Cult of the Grinning Man. It is a very cool title. Yeah, I like it, yeah. 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 So, yeah, um, Beast of Fang Rock. If you're listening to this, it should be able, you should be able to order it from today. Yes. Onwards. Which we highly recommend you do. We do. Indeedy. Uh, so, quite light on news this week. That's all we've got. Yeah. Um, so, I think we should press on uh, with our review, buddy. Yeah, let's do it. What so- are we doing? Obviously, this week, um, we are doing The Girl Who Died. Look at you. With your eyes, you're never giving up. Your anger. Your kindness. But one day, 
memory of that will hurt so much that I won't be able to breathe. And I'll do what I always do. I'll get in my box and I'll run and I'll run in case all the pain ever catches up. In every place I go, it will be there. You did your best. She died. There's nothing you can do. I can do anything. There's nothing I can't do. Nothing. But I'm not supposed to. Ripples, tidal waves, rules. I'm not supposed to. Tell myself something. I think I know what I'm trying to say. Just someone. Not the whole town. Just save someone. Come with me. I know where I got this face and I know what it's for. Okay, what's it for? To remind me. To hold me to the mark. I'm the doctor. And I save people. And if anyone happens to be listening, and you've got any kind of a problem with that, to hell with you! It's been a long time coming, isn't it? Mm, yes. Uh, Rightio, the girl who died. Mm, Jamie Matheson and Stephen Moff, co-written. The Moff. Gets his dirty little hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a bit OTT. Well, no, actually, I kind of agree because <laughs> I've been um, I've been really such a bigging up Jamie Matheson um, since uh, since Mummy on Express and Flatline to my favourite episodes of the last series. So I've been really, really looking forward to him coming back and writing for series nine. And um, yeah, like you said, I w- I didn't realise at the time that the Stevo had kind of chipped in his ten pennies worth. So um, yeah, hmm, we'll see. Yeah, so essentially story is it's the Doctor versus some some teams up with some Vikings to take on some robots in space. Pretty much. That's pretty much that. I can't I can't really go into any more detail on it really. The only extra stuff really is um uh the the title character um played by if you didn't know by Maisie Williams. She's in Games of Thrones. You She's might in not Game know that. Of Thrones, yeah. Um yeah, she she she's like the the unsung title character, I guess. She's you know she plays a relatively decent part in it, um, and then towards the end, um, we find out that you know the doctor's treatment for her has resulted in um, uh, her character taking on a bit of a a bit of a turn. Yeah, towards the end. Um, but that's essentially it, really. There's no there's no big, really big character build ups. There's no plot twists in this one. There's no Nothing really to to sing about. There's very there's surprisingly very little plot mm. is there in it. Yeah. It's um it's quite a light episode. Yeah, I mean it's there's <laughs> there's quite a lot in there for a story that has very little storyline. I mean we've got Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some a scary sort of 
pirate-looking villain and and his tin henchman. Odin. Uh, yeah. Odin, yeah. And the tin henchman as well. Again, I've been so looking forward to seeing these on screen since we got pictures of them. Yeah. Oh, so long ago now. But, mm-hmm. you know, when, when we first got teaser pictures of these suits, um, I thought they looked great. I thought they looked really simplistic and classic and, and just, yeah, intriguing. Um, but we'll come on to them a bit later. Yeah, the Maya. Uh, yeah. The Maya. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, and, that, and then we got the Doctor sort of get you know uh, training some vikings to fight and 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 that's pretty much it so yeah the story this week story-wise is is really quite thin um yeah it's more a collection of nice little scenes and then we've got this sort of um thing about the doctor's face mm-hmm. you know which has been teased about for ages kind of thrown in at the end about why he's got the same face as um What's the character, Gary? Cecilius. <laughs> That's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, because, you know, obviously Peter Capaldi played that part back in the Tenant era. So Stephen Moffat, fact, he needed to explain why he looked the same. Yep. T- to be honest, I still don't think that needed explaining because <laughs> he played Frobisher in Children of Earth as well, which ties in with, you know, Torchwood, Doctor Who. So I, I just don't think it needed doing. But yeah, so that kind of comes in at the end. And... Uh, yeah, surprise, surprise, the girl who died turned out to be uh, a Shilder, played by Maisie Williams. Yep. Um, was it Maisie Williams? A Shilder? Yeah, was it Maisie Williams? Um, Maisie sure? Wilson, Game, Game of Thrones, yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, right, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, he say, you know, she dies, um, and the Doctor basically has a complete, well, goes mad. A bit bit tenancy, actually, doesn't he? In mm-hmm. fact, in fact um, bit reminiscent of Waters of Mars, he decides he's going to do what the hell he likes. Yes. And um, Breaks and so the rules. Breaks the rules. And after seeing his reflection, suddenly remembers why he's got that face, which, um, yeah, so then he saves it, basically. I'm still not quite sure what was going on there. But we'll, as I say, we'll come to that later. Let, yeah. let's, let's go back to the start. We, we, we start with Clara in a spacesuit with something bizarre. It's just like... <laughs> I don't know it was like something crawling inside a space it was a very uh, strange intro didn't you think yeah she's out in space isn't she in the mm. in the classic orange suit yeah um, and the doctor's in the tardis it's all blowing up and he's like i'm gonna come and save you just hang on yeah they're under attack mm. aren't they there's there's like an alien battle fleet that's kind of uh you know they're under fire and, it's kind um, of mid-adventure, isn't it? We kind of join yeah. him in the middle of adventure. Did did that because I have only watched this one twice. To be fair, um, only twice. <laughs> only twice. Well, I normally go back for another watch, but I only watched this one twice. Did that have any relevance on the rest of the story or not? It didn't, did it? Nope. No. Okay. Nope. I just was wondering this morning. I thought, oh, maybe it tied in with why the, you know, the the, the whatever they were, the bad guys in this. The Maya. I thought maybe it tied in with the Maya being there, but but it no, didn't. It was no. just a. A bit of a way to start the episode off in an exciting way, I suppose. Yeah, we just, you know, we catch the Doctor and Clara kind of mid-adventure on the, mm. you know. I think it was just to show that they, they're they not boring between episodes. Yeah, <laughs> they, I guess so, yeah. They don't just sit around drinking tea until the cameras roll. They, they do have lives and do stuff. The only thing I between. like about that is it used to, in the Matt Smith era, you know, he used to sort of seem to go back every week and pick her up. And that used to annoy me a bit, like showing that she had a separate live. And they kind of sort of started doing that a bit too much. So in a way, I kind of like the fact that we're just straight into it, uh, into yeah. an adventure, showing that they're just out there doing it rather than Peter Capaldi landing, saying, right, let's go every week. Like they sort of started to do a little bit. So mm-hmm. in that sense, it was all right. But it, yeah, didn't really serve any purpose for the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. 
So, so yeah, that was um. See, it wasn't a bad opening, really. No, it was all right. It's it nice the way cool. that he, she appeared in the TARDIS and he took the space helmet off and she was already in it. That's quite nicely done. Yeah, the stamping bit as well when he kind of stamps on whatever this thing is and it's like he's squishing a bug under his shoe. Yeah. So that's the whole reason why he lands the TARDIS, really, so he can wipe his shoes. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. Because he's got like this bug stuff, gunk, you know, that he's stamped on. And that's when we get first introduced to the Vikings, right? That's right. Actually, yeah, you've just yeah, you've just reminded me of something. Actually, yeah. So he, he wants to wipe his shoes, and that sort of intro does lead him into talking about rules and okay to make ripples, not tidal waves. So ooh, I suppose it, you could say it served that purpose. Yeah, just that, about mm, on that front, yeah, because he's basically yeah. he's telling Clara and pretty much the viewer as well um, about the whole consequences of changing the events in time. Mm. You know, he's saying that even the slightest change, little pebbles and ripples, you know, can turn into tidal waves. And it's kind of like a little lesson on, you know, how not to get into paradoxes, I guess, and how not to upset the future or the past or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then we get Vikings um, yep. appear on screen with with helmets, uh, with um, horned helmets, which um, uh, has caused a bit of a furore uh, in fandom because apparently... Vikings didn't have horned helmets. Um, the best thing about this scene for me was the fact that they immediately snap the Doctor Sonic Shades in half, and I really hoped that would be the last we saw of them. In fact, I was thinking, oh, I see what the Moth's done. He's created this annoying thing just so that when they go, you know, everyone would be like, yes! So I thought, oh, right, I get it, I get it. But no, we haven't seen the last of them, sadly. But it was nice to see them snapped in half and diminish so quickly. I was, I was thinking of the fans at that point mm. because I've seen so much... Um, negativity about these bloody sonic sunglasses when that happened i was like that is gonna i immediately thought wow everyone's gonna be cheering at the tv at that point yeah i was kind of i just sort of go oh good <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so the viking what do you think to the vikings that are looking stuff so what's the deal with the horned helmets then apparently the vikings didn't actually have horned helmets it's yeah there's there's quite a few inaccuracies inaccuracies in this i think from what i understand um I, I don't know a great deal about it i won't won't pretend i do but yeah apparently they they're you know inaccurate um as are eels being in that particular <laughs> part of the world right, um, right. so that makes no sense as well but uh, yeah i don't know the vikings themselves um i would just say were a bit pantomime maybe overall in this uh, mm. they weren't good or bad but they're a little bit cliche yeah another word i might use yeah yeah i was going to say they kind of went for the the very classic looking um almost um cartoony yeah viking look didn't they it was very um yeah it was a bit cliched i think it cliche. yeah it did um you know i think they i don't know maybe it was for the kids maybe it was like you know they really needed to say this group of people are definitely vikings yeah yeah so, just know. in case you weren't sure yeah i yeah i guess yeah, yeah. Um, i mean the 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 actual main villain if you like that pirate guy um with the sort of eye you know the electronic eye patch or whatever i mean he odin. reminded me a bit of the odin yeah he yeah. reminded me a bit of the pirate in the pirate planet but he was very sort of theatrical in his look and everything wasn't he? it was very yeah. quite over the yeah. top um yeah so yeah i don't know overall vikings okay i mean when, when we actually sort of get into the village and we meet the what were they like the residents the yeah just the villagers the villagers yeah. um yeah, I don't know. It sort of started off all right. I think this episode we we got to we got a few nice moments. Like I said, there was a the bit. I, I actually quite liked the bit where the doctor 
got his yo-yo out and was, <laughs> was doing the silly voice and, and stuff. I actually, I actually thought that was quite a nice little scene. Um, some people thought it was dreadful. I've seen a few people say, oh, God, you know, it's awful. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was quite a nice little scene, actually. I loved it when he got his yo-yo out and, and Clara was like, you know, laughing at him and stuff. I thought it worked quite well. And, and then the big face in the sky um, with the Odin. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it starts off all right, this episode. I just think as we get into it, you just sort of waiting for the sort of a a sort of story which never really comes. It's such a simplistic. Mm-hmm. It kind of all feels set up for the for the ending. To be honest, it's almost as if they had an idea, and it's just sort of one sort of big build up towards that. You know, the Doctor bringing a character back to life and stuff. It doesn't have much content in there, but mm. but there's some nice bits. Um, let, let's talk about the Maya, the Maya themselves. The Maya, yeah. As I said, I've been looking forward to these. I don't know about you, just because I like the tin suits. But we did get to see them without their helmets on very, very briefly. Briefly, yeah. yeah. Uh, which kind of annoyed me because I don't know about you, but I was like, I wanted to see them and I wanted them to do something. And once again, we've got a villain that's really, really underused, I thought. It's hardly in it and they didn't really do anything. Yeah. Um, big disappointment for me, mate, for yeah. the Maya. I thought that they were, in a way... It, it's kind of expected because um because in the photos that we saw in like um before the series came out did we only see one of them they only photographed one of these things right yeah uh yeah i think, I think so to begin with if yeah. memory serves so i thought it was like a unique kind of monster right and in the episode it turns out that they're just foot soldiers because there's meant there's many of there's quite a few of them right yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it kind of diluted their effect a little bit because it was. I was really looking forward to the mystery of what this monster was about, and would mm. we ever see inside, you know, this armor to see what was in there? And yeah. it turns out that they were just lackeys, really, just kind of following orders from Odin. And then when we did finally see them, they didn't really look anything crazy. I mean, I think they tried to go for like the shock, kind of scary look, but it wasn't anything that kind of crazy in terms of monster design and then they were gone we didn't um, really see it did we i mean i thought the editing was was mm. uh, you know i don't well all the directing maybe i don't know but it's a bit like when the eye patch dude um yeah. started to reveal his face to clara and a shielder yes and, and it cut away just as he was revealing his face mm-hmm. so i thought all oh, they're building up to a big reveal but we never actually got to see it which i just thought was dreadful it's like Come on, like you can't. If you can either show something, even if you know, I don't know, was it a budget thing? Because even when we saw the the Maya without the helmets, it was cut so quickly that yeah. the only way you'd actually get to see them is if you freeze framed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really annoyed me because I think if you're going to build something up by by cutting away, you know, the build up something, you, you've got to have a payoff. And it, and and it didn't. So I, I was yeah. Overall, I was really disappointed with the use of the Maya and the fact. Um, of, of, of what little we got to see of them, really, and what little they did. Yes, it's um, it wasn't that. I, I was quite um, deflated afterwards, mm. just for the Maya bit. I was, I was like, oh, that's a that's another another time where they had a potentially really good, you know, monster design there, um, and it was just wasted. You know, they just used it as, you know. Like I said, they just used that design just to have like a bunch of, you know, inventory 
soldiers who had no importance at all in the episode. They were just there to beam people up in a Star Trekky kind of way. Yeah, and it's happening quite a lot in Doctor Who, actually, that they get these great villains and stuff, and a bit like the Fisher King. You oh, know. we said that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah just and they, and they don't use them. They don't sort of maximise their potential at all. Mm. Um, and that's the other thing. You talk about weak plot. I mean, so the, these they go and get people the strongest of, of a group <laughs> so that they can extract something from them for the... For Odin. For Odin. Yeah. yeah I mean, that is... a. Yeah, that's pretty it's like, weak. It's weird as well. It's like male haunt. It was like testosterone and that's right. something else. It was like, mm. come on, dude. Are you not eating your Weetabix in the morning or what? <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> Just go and get yourself some all brand. Probably <laughs> Go to you the know? gym, you know, get fit. and you know, so, so that was kind of weird as well. It was like mm. this guy's just, you know, harvesting people's hormones or men's hormones. Yeah. Um, which was strange because they beam up two girls. That's true, yeah. Um, so that was kind of weird. Um, yeah. Which I I've only really just, thought... Yeah, I've just clocked that myself. Yeah, I hadn't even realised that until you just said it, actually. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Maya, very underused. Um, yeah. What did you think? Because the, the sort of middle half of this episode is kind of... Um, is basically the Doctor training, you know, the villagers. And it's that takes up quite a bit of the episode. And it's kind of played for comical effect, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, yeah. Did you find yourself zoning out a bit, or did you think it was funny? What What did you think? Um, I'll be honest, I zoned out, mate. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was, um, I was relatively bored, to be honest, at the middle part of it, um, yeah. and I was confused as well because I would assume that if they're going for the classic Viking look, uh, and they want to depict Vikings in a very cliched way, which they obviously did from a visual point of view they didn't really do that in a character point of view. It turns mm. out that all the Vikings really were kind of wimpy um, farmers, essentially. Yeah. They, you know, they weren't the, the the classic Vikings that you see. I mean, if, if they're going to go one way with it, if they're going to go down the whole, you know, uh, tried and tested, you know, cliched route of what Vikings are, then go the full, go the, the whole hog with it. You know, don't just depict them to be classic vikings and then turn them into um you know little wimpy farmers who can't even lift a sword properly yeah so uh, uh, that whole middle bit where he's training them up to fight and all that stuff i was just uh, i kind of zoned out and got a bit bored and there just didn't seem to be much going on either it was a bit i just felt there wasn't anything of consequence in that or anything important happening it was just a very much a right we need we've got a beginning so we've got that call opening with with a doctor, you know, rescuing Clara, and then we meet the Vikings, and that's all very funny and quirky, and that's all cool. And we've also got a really good ending. Well, we have a ending, but we need something to fill the middle. <laughs> mm, yeah. You know, it was kind of like, what we're going to stick in the middle because we've got a beginning and end, but we need these characters to actually do something in the meantime. So, you know, as a result of that, I was very much, uh, you know, when's this going to pick up? When are we going to get to? I was just waiting for Odin to come back, basically. I was just yeah. waiting for that bit where Odin and the Maya were landing back and we're going to have a big tear up. That's what exactly. I was waiting for. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, it just was so lacking in content. You've got two really great writers here as well. Um, you know, two very capable writers in, in Jamie Thies and Stephen Moffat. So it's surprising that it was just so lacking, really. Mm. Um, the thing is, there was, yeah, there was moments of intrigue. Like, obviously, the Doctor clocks uh, the Maisie William character when he first arrives. And you think, oh, 
you know, he recognises her. What's going on? There's going to be a twist. There's going to be a twist. Um, but I think the fact that that twist turned out to be that he saves her after she dies, mm-hmm. which is kind of given in the title, really wasn't any twist at all, was it? Just, um, I don't know. It's just, yeah. It, again, it, like you said, it was just a bit lacklustre. You were just sort of waiting for something, like a reveal or a twist or something to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a bit, bit, lacking in, bit lacking in content, really. Yeah. Um, and and then we had the then then we had the actual scene where Odin returns mm. with the Maya, and that was at, at that point um, the Doctor had had his had had his ass kicked a little bit, and you know he was kind of down in the dumps, and that was in the boring part of the story where he was yeah. just down in the dumps and blah blah blah, and then he realizes that you know it's not it's not going to be a fight, it's going to be it's going to be a, an illusion, a trick. Um, which we then see a little bit more of the um, Ashilda's character. Yeah. So what do you think to her around this point? We kind of get to see a bit more of who she is and what she's about, and and, and she ultimately wins the the kind of mock fight, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't... As, um, see, she wasn't really in it as much as I thought, considering mm. how much the BBC have been sort of promoting her I'm, i mean i'm assuming next week she's going to be in it a lot more yeah as i say that's that's why this one kind of felt like a bit of a build-up um but uh, yeah she was okay uh in in what she did but she wasn't really in it that much mm-hmm. i mean in fact i'm struggling to think of many scenes that that she was in apart from the bit where the doctor has a nice chat of her sort of towards the end um where she built something. I can't remember what it was now. Yes, he goes to yeah. see her and then, yeah. I don't know. She didn't really get a great deal to do. But uh, again, I think this is because next week she's clearly going to be in it a lot more. It, it was just basically a build-up to the Doctor saving saving her, really, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was basically... I think she built like a like this puppet thing. That's right, yeah. That's like one of her talents, I think. You know, mm. she has a knack for building these, these cool things. And... um yeah, and the doctor realizes that he can use that as a strategy almost, because he kn- he knows that these Vikings are just you know they're gonna get they're gonna get wiped out essentially if they go down the let's go hand to hand combat. You know, I suppose yeah, she got that to do. She was a bit feisty in the fact that like Clara had almost sort of managed to send them packing and then you know Shilda says come on let's fight and it's like no 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 <laughs> you know so yeah she kind of was a bit feisty then but yeah. yeah overall yeah she didn't get a great deal to do I mean she was fine with what she was given I suppose but yeah didn't really don't really feel I didn't really feel any um I didn't really feel any sort of warmth or connection towards her particularly um you know like when she died um all very sad but I was thinking you know I hadn't really I didn't really get to know the character enough to sort of um be like, oh my god, you know, they've killed a shielder. You know, it wasn't a shock, and maybe that's because of the title of the episode as well. It was all a bit because you kind of just knew what was coming. I think mm. you kind of thought, right, well, I know what's going to happen now. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and also actually that that also throws in another big problem I have with this episode is that the doctor's reaction uh, of her death um, is very out of place. Well, I don't know. It just it, like he didn't really get to know her that well either, and he's seen people die and been very flippant about it i'm thinking like in in uh, the dalek episode where he's laughing about somebody being turned to soup and clara's telling him off and um i'm thinking about last week um when i've forgotten was it rid webley no what was the character's oh, name last week he was happy to see ridley um oh no the, what he was 
O'Donnell. O'Donnell. He was happy yeah, to see her die. To test his theory. Yeah. And yet, um, Shilda dies, and he just flips. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed a little bit, oh, I don't know, not out of place. But do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I understand, like, you know, the doctor doesn't want to see anyone die. But he's been so sort of flippant about it in the past that I didn't quite get his reaction to, to go to such an extreme as well. Because he almost instantly regrets what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still not sure exactly what does he do. He gets that capsule out of the out of the suit. Yes, he kind of, he, there's and like a little does... medikit thing from the... From the my suit, isn't it? Well, that's very um, handy. It's like a computer chippy type <laughs> elect- electronic he, thing. How does he change it without a sonic or anything? Like, what does he do to it to to turn it into this life saving pill? I didn't really sort of get that. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, he mod it. Yeah, he changes it. He mods it somehow. But I'm not sure exactly but, but do you know, how. But do you know what I mean about him? Just like I know like what you mean. What, yeah. what, what is it about a shielder that makes him? snap hmm. there didn't seem to be any sort of real build-up to it and i just felt it seemed uh for want of a better phrase it felt it felt a bit forced it was like right the doctor's got to you know snap now and we're going to bring in the explanation for the face change and you know all's going to be well and then next week because bearing in mind this is a two-parter it did feel very much like a self-contained episode i don't yes, think it did yeah yeah it, you know when it ended i kind of thought oh you know didn't don't quite know where we're going next week sort of thing yeah i think i get what you're saying i think I think his his character's reaction isn't consistent no. at the moment. So like we said last week, um he he wasn't too bothered when people were dying. And, you know, if it uh, you know, if it proves his theory about something right, he was happy to sacrifice people. And as you say in this one, it was almost the opposite where he was well, he wasn't he didn't flip at first did he? He was really kind of down and upset. Yeah. And Clara's trying to make him feel better, and that's when he clocks, and then he flips out and attempts to save her. So it is a very, um, almost a complete opposite reaction to what we've seen of him so far. Yeah. So that his character's been written very much up and down. You know, there's not there isn't any consistency with that part of his character, um, which is kind of weird considering that Moffat was on this one. Yeah, you, true. Yeah, you, you would have thought that he of all people would have looked at that in a script and gone, mm, I'm not sure if this is going to work because last week we had the doctor reacting to people dying in this way. So within, you know, from the viewer's point of view, within the space of time of just a week, he's now completely different to that sort of thing. So it is, quite, it is a bit weird. Yeah, because it's kind of been like, I think the way it's been written, it's not that the doctor's sort of doesn't care, but it's kind of like he's thinking that he sees the bigger picture. So he, he's kind of like having to say, well, if one person dies, it saves 50. So I've got to look at it like that. So yeah, I just, if it found a bit sledged hammered in, but let, let's talk about the reason for the, the face then. Cause that's, that's kind of the whole crux of this ending, isn't it? Um, yeah. if, you know, and, and the Moffat's been teasing this for goodness knows how long that he's going to explain it. So let's, let's talk about that. What, what do you think about the reason for him looking the way he does right so this one this this bit so it's i i completely agree with you and I, and i think I've, i'm pretty sure we've said this before that there are some things that just don't need to be explained yeah and i think the the way the the direction that they were going with it was that um the reason why he remembers why he chose the face of cecilius um, it's because it reminds him um, of 
of that he needs to he needs to break he needs to go against the grain sometimes he needs to break the rules mm. so i think that's what they were going with because in the fires of pompeii the doctor does go against what he thinks initially he does break the rule doesn't he because yeah. he was very much this because um when pompeii erupts and everyone you know should have died his thought process was this is a fixed an important moment fixed in time i can't interfere with it these people have to die you know mm. i can't do anything about it and when he goes against that and he saves some people that's what they were going with he chose that face as a as like a mark in his memory to say that you know you 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 have you can break the rules and you can go against it and and, and do this stuff so i think that's what they were going with but i just don't feel that we needed to know why because if it, it kind of it it, go, it goes against the whole canon thing within yeah. within the doctor who universe because if they're going to go down that road and say right he chose that face surely the his character within torchwood what does that just cancel out torchwood as being canon because mm. you know he he's, that face is very much you know in torchwood which is very much canon and part of doctor who and if anything he looks more like the Frobisher character yeah. than he is Frobisher, isn't it? That's yeah, a long time. Yeah, it looks more like him than he does Cecilia. Yeah. So, it, so, so they doesn't. Yeah, they they're picking and choosing which parts they want to use within the story, which I don't mm. think is right because, you know, like I said, you you can't just say right that part of it is the reason why because that's been in Doctor Who before. Yeah. Uh, on and on the other hand, you can't ignore Torchwood. Because that was written very much as a part of Doctor Who, so exactly. I, I, and I, I also I just don't feel that we needed to know why. You know, there's been other characters in Doctor Who who have had multiple, sorry, other actors who have had multiple parts. Mm. We don't need to have that explained. Yeah, know, we didn't so. need to. I mean, Colin Baker didn't he? He was Maxill mm -hmm. and shot shot the Fifth Doctor, and, and we didn't need that explained that he looked like that. I think when 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 um, Stephen Moffat first started going on about this, he was saying, oh, Russell had an idea. And when he told me what it was, I was like, oh, that's cool. And basically what it was is in the end of the, the war games, you know, when the, the um, Time Lords are showing the second Doctor, the faces on the screen. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. They're saying, you know, and he's like, oh, no, he's too thin. And, oh, he's got a big nose and all that. They, they were sort of saying that they, he could pick a face, which is kind of where... Rusty Davis got the idea, and that's been passed on to Stephen Moffat, and that's kind of what he's used. Yeah. So I kind of get that, and I kind of get, I kind of like the reasoning for it. Yeah, it's to remind him, you know, that's why he chose that face. I think that's that's not bad, but I agree with you. I don't really think we needed it spelled out so explicitly. Um, however, like a lot of people, I did love seeing the flashback. Um, I think I just love that scene actually because Donna just being brilliant and great to see Ten smouldering on screen. <laughs> what a great shot! Yeah. Um, so I did love the scene itself, but yeah, I, I don't know that we really needed needed the explaining to be honest. Yeah, I was I was about to say it, it was my favourite scene in the episode. <laughs> yeah, which is real kind of it, 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 I'm, I'm at odds with it because I don't feel it needed to be there. From my point of view, I don't feel that we needed to know and that scene just didn't need to be there. However, it was a beautiful scene. Mm. And I loved that opening bit of music to the um to the Capaldi's um theme. Yeah, I think it's called um A Good Man. Yes. That piece yeah. of music. It's really nice and yeah, and those flashbacks with Tennant. Oh, it just reminds me of how great Tennant was, you know, just that look 
come with me. You know, the yeah. whole look and stuff. So anyway, that whole scene, I loved it. It was my favourite bit in the episode. It all came together. Like Capaldi's performance was amazing. The music was great. The flashbacks were really good. It was great. But it just didn't need to be there. Yeah. It just it was weird. So um yeah. And it's it's also around that time he mentions the hybrid, isn't it? Which seems to be becoming a running theme. Um he said something about creating a she's now a hybrid and I've made a terrible mistake and and all yes. that. Yeah, because mm. that alien tech that repaired her mm. is now within her body and she's it's gonna keep repairing her forever. So essentially she's never gonna die. It seems an odd thing to do though. I mean you even if even if you're not thinking straight, you've got to sort of realise that what you're doing is making someone immortal and they, you know, it's not, it does seem a bit of an odd thing to, you know, haphazardly do, to mm. haphazardly do. I'm not really sure he, he would have done that because, as I say, he kind of regrets it straight away, doesn't he? Yeah. He sort of does it yeah. and then he's thinking, oh, what have I done and, <laughs> and all that sort of thing. But um, should we talk a bit about Capaldi while we're, while we're here? Yes, um, Capaldi. Um, I thought that, I thought that the opening and the ending scenes were very good. Um, but due to the fact that the middle part of it was so boring, um, he didn't really capture me enough in this one. See, yeah, I, I thought I thought he sort of carried the episode, to be honest. I thought anything, you know, the, I, I thought he made it enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. In, in a story that didn't have much story, I felt he was, yeah, I basically thought Capaldi carried the episode. He was... He seemed to be giving it, you know, trying to inject some life into it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure about the Doctor speaking baby. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, what did you mm. think? To, and also well, the baby's calling the shots. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just don't know that. Um, I mean, I, I get the concept, but do babies, would they really form that sort of, because the stuff he was translating seemed very intelligent. Ask, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking even if he's translating the baby's crying, I don't know that it would sort of form that that sort of intelligent speak. I mean, the baby was almost more intelligent than the villagers in what it was saying. So I kind of, that didn't really work for me, I have to be honest. Um, I, I thought, again, I thought the way Capaldi acted it was good. He was really sort of selling it because he was getting quite emotional, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, he made the scene work, but I think if you sort of, you know, think about it for too long i don't think that that really works just mm. because of what the baby was saying it was almost being poetic and stuff and you know it's just crying it, it's not wasn't even like it's not even forming like you know like babies say words that aren't real it wasn't doing that it was actually just crying so you can't really translate crying into a <laughs> sort of well constructed sentence like the doctor was doing even if you're translating it do you know what i mean yeah. he was basically yeah. he was translating crying he wasn't translating baby talk because babies go, blah, blah, you know, babies, babies say things that don't make sense. But yeah, don't know. Didn't, yeah, didn't really get that, yeah, to be honest. I read you. Yeah, it was it kind of, it was a nice quirky, it was one of those quirky little things that, mm. you know. Yeah, I can, I, can go, cool, I, but... I can go with it. As I say, I think Capaldi sold it. I think he was kind of, I wouldn't say working his socks off in this episode, but I think he was... He was certainly trying to inject some fun into it and, you know, with he was giving a bit of humour to doing it. Um, we got the reverse of polarity of the neutron flow line chucked in there as well, didn't he? Which he said, oh, I'm sure that means something. And that was quite nice. From and the Pertwee. Pertwee. Yeah. What's the other thing we got? Um, T 
2,000-year-old diary we, we saw as well, which was a nice little throwback. Yes. Um, so there was a couple of nice... There were some nice moments in this. I think, actually, the Doctor and Clara were quite nice in this. Once again, Jenna's back to being... I thought she didn't get a lot to do, but I preferred her characterization this week. There was a nice calmness between her and the Doctor um, this week. So I liked a lot of the scenes between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, she didn't really get a lot to do. Yeah. We also had... Um at the very end when he's when he's talking to Clara and this is after he's saved uh, a shielder um he he says that in a very specific way he says time will tell it always does yes which was a a, a hark back to remembrance wasn't it yeah i li- i did like that mm. actually because he's talking about the ripples and yeah. and all that and then time tell always does yeah i really liked that so we we got a couple of nice little fan moments in there for for anyone that you know could spot them mm-hmm. um I, I did like that yeah yeah i yeah. thought of you immediately yeah <laughs> at that point i thought adam will be happy with that <laughs> what, what did you think of the resolution to how they sort of blackmail the the pirate with the phone and the benny hill theme <laughs> yeah um an interesting way to defeat an enemy but <laughs> yeah it was okay i was again though it was one of those times where i just want i wanted the the mon- not the monster, but the villain, the bad guy, to to do a bit more. It was yeah. kind of a Fisher King moment. It, I just wanted Odin to just at least draw his sword or do something, mm. you know, to try and get out of this. He just kind of stumbles back for a little while as the Doctor's talking to him, yeah. and then he, and then he buggers off. It was kind of it was a bit of a, a deflated ending for me. Really, I, I really wanted them to because his the Maya had, you know, they had done the off you know at this point they were having none of it (laughs) yeah exactly yeah you know odin was there and he was he he's obviously you know his appearance is a hologram isn't it you know the doctor references that Mm. um it's a clever hologram um so i was hoping to see like we mentioned earlier i was hoping to see his his true self and and have a a bit of a more of a fight you know you know go down swinging sort of thing but definitely yeah he, he just he just did the off really and I, I was, I was, oh, okay. So what, why didn't we see himself? I mean, the doctor says he, you have to hide behind a hologram, whatever. What, you know, at that point I was thinking, let's see him then, hmm. you know? Yeah. I, it kind of, yeah. It did annoy me that I was thinking, well, let's, let's see, let's see this guy. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he just kind of runs away to, you know, Benny Hill theme, um, <laughs> which was quite funny, but yeah, I agree with you. I wanted to see him do something. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, lastly, we have, um, a shielder who is now um, back to life, who, who's a bit kind of uh, um, not with it, should we say? Mm. And um, and yeah, we got a sort of che- cheesy sort of <laughs> that ending was weird, wasn't it? Where she just stood there with all the I don't know what would you call it, all those visuals going on around her. Um, yeah, that's a bit cheesy. Mm. Uh, uh, I'm not being sorry to be over negative here, but I, I really, yeah, I was kind of like, what's going on? Because that's the thing, actually. That's what I've loved about Series 9. It's these brilliant cliffhangers. Um, and this one felt as limp as a lettuce to me, as in terms of a cliffhanger. As like, limp as a lettuce. <laughs> d- didn't you think? I was like, I was waiting for some, I was thinking, hey, up, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Nothing, no, I... is it? Yeah. What? So. It wasn't really a, you know, it didn't, it wasn't a brilliant cliffhanger, I didn't think. I agree with you, mate. It, it could have been, like you said, it could have been a self-contained episode, this one. Mm. And when you have the next time trailer at the end, 
that looked to me like it could just be a future episode featuring that character. Yeah. It didn't look like it was anything that was a, a direct run on from this one. No, not yeah. at all. No, no, it did it just yeah, exactly. It felt like a it felt like the, the story was over. You get next week we're getting this. And yeah, I am I'm intrigued by the character. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on. It kind of um well, two things I noticed from the next week's trailer is the Sonic Shades are back. Uh, and the second thing is, um, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't spot Clara in next week. So I'm thinking Maisie might be taking on like a more prominent role, I'm guessing, by the looks of it. Yes, you know. I, would, I would say so. Because yeah. she does look like she's, she's embraced her immortality now Yeah, from the look of that trailer. And she's, I think she's, there's quite a few action scenes as well yeah yeah i'm intrigued i'm definitely intrigued to see where it goes i mean the fact she's immortal as well so that you know she's kind of a jack harkness character isn't isn't she in a sense although jack is just like a fixed point in time so not not quite the same but almost yeah but she is um i wonder i'm i wonder if she'll if she'll stay immortal as well yeah yeah i just don't know what yeah it seems like one of those things like what where where are they going with it like Mm. what are they going to do with that character i don't know thing is I don't think she's going to become the companion, but I know there's been rumours. But she's not really that. She's not likable enough to be the companion. No, uh, in that no. sense. So yeah, but I don't think so. I think she's too busy filming something called Game of Thrones. Anyway, um, <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, pretty much that, that's all I've really got to say about the episode. I don't know about you. I, there wasn't a great deal to, to sort of uh, yeah it, content for me in this one. Yeah, it was a very simplistic episode and. While there were some nice little scenes here and there, yeah, let's let's get on to our scores, dude. Yeah, um, I was going to say, have we covered it? Is there anything else you you'd made notes on? I don't think so. Um, I wrote eels in great big letters. Oh, the so. eels, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, wasn't there? Was, didn't you say there was some? There was a, an issue with those as well. They wasn't. They weren't supposed to be in that part <laughs> of the country or something. But yeah, I mean, right. um, yeah, that was. They were kind of just used to really sort of tie up the the episode, weren't they, and defeat the defeat the monster the um, Myers, yeah yeah how actually one other quick thing how was the shoulder projecting using the helmet to project those you know like the dragon and and all that because she kind of just puts it on and seems to be able to use it that's the other thing i didn't quite get um like you know how was she actually using that helmet i think the yeah i think the the doctor the doctor does something to one of the Myers helmets. Right. Um, so her mental, her mental story. Um, and uh, it, it's projected. Um, it's projected so that the other Myers and Odin can see it. Yeah, I see. I think. I'll go with that. That's good enough. Yeah, because that was the other thing I was just a bit unsure about, really. I think there were, there was quite a few bits in this episode where you just kind of... Um, if you think too much hard about them, you know, you could really, you just kind of have to go with it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, okay. Well, um, <laughs> overall, I think it's your turn to go first this week. Yeah. Um, I did struggle with the review for this one a little bit. Because mm. after my, when I watched it the first time, um, I was like, oh, that's not, that's not great for me. And then after mm. I watched it the second time, uh, I thought, mm, this is really weird because my, my point of view hasn't changed on it at all. And usually mm. it does after a second or third viewing. Mm. And then after I watched it the third time, I thought, 
yeah, my score still hasn't changed on this one. So uh, I'm going to give this a 4.5. Oh, my goodness me. That is low. That is low. Um, <laughs> I I liked it slightly more. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I have focused quite a lot on the negatives of the story, but I did think it was um, an easy watch. Um, I wouldn't say it's a bit of fluff. It's, it's got more to it than that. An easy watch. Um, I've gone for 6.5 out of, out of 10. I might be being okay. a bit generous, but I, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I mean, I didn't get to the end and think, "Oh, that was dreadful." I kind of, I liked the humour in it and stuff, and I, I thought there was enough. I thought it was enough nice scenes. I didn't didn't think it was really really bad, but okay. but but uh, yeah. So I'll six point five. Uh, that's that's what I'll go with. Six point five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think the reason why I think my score is kind of relative to some of the other stories that have got that similar nonsense about it um the curse of the black spot see i like it better than that i gave that a four yeah i gave yeah so slightly better just want to check actually what did i give in the forest of the night because nothing has yet come close to being as bad as that for me forest Um, of the night yeah yeah. you i gave that a 4.5 again yeah and you gave that 5.5 okay now that's fine that that's kind of about right then yeah yeah because this i yeah i could He's happily sit and watch this. Um, it's not going to be one that I'm going to sort of put on that often when I get the box set. But yeah, I could quite certainly happen watch it, no problem. Mm. But just not not enough content. Yeah. What did we give um, Robot of Sherwood? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Because that was um, ah, Robot of Sherwood. Because that to me had a similar vibe. Like the opening was very similar, and you know they just encounter these cliched kind of people i do you know i think that's one we missed did we miss that one well yeah because there was like um i think i jumped on board the podcast as co-host around about time heist actually i think you were i think i did deep breath with you um but i think then there was a couple of weeks where you were doing it on your own but you missed a couple of episodes and then i joined as co-host so i have a feeling we missed we missed forrester sherwood sadly right okay because i have a feeling i would have reviewed that around a four as well that kind of score Mm. yeah so 4.5 and 6.5 okay uh let's get on to some reviews we got an audio one first uh this is our buddy alex kingdom hello gary and adam from the big blue box podcast um this is my review of the girl who died this episode really split the fandom and i can see why now to be honest, this episode is definitely my least favourite of the series, but it doesn't mean it's bad. Again, Series 9 has n- is not flawless, but it's still been decent. It's sort of like Series 8, but at this point in Series 8, we would have had Into the Dalek and Time Heist. That could have been a little bit not to everyone's liking, but we haven't had that in this series. Now, the Doctor was really good. I think he was, re- he was sort of like the viewer in this episode, because a lot of people didn't want there to be Vikings and who, and when it happened, um, when we were with Capaldi the entire way. This is definitely Clara's best episode with Thiessen, for me. Knows how to write Clara, probably the best um, I've seen so far of the character. Because of Flatline, she was really good. Mommy on the Orient Express, she took a back seat, but when she's there, with Thiessen's writing, she is there. Maisie Williams' character, is good that's it uh 
I don't think uh, that people are hyping up about Maisie Williams' character. There's no point to it. She was good, and that's all. Um, the bad, the villains are a little bit, oh, a bit, a bit underused, a bit stupid. The post boxes look fantastic, and the like the Maya, oh, that guy who he was so panto esque. Didn't like him very much. Uh, the, the Doctor's face thing I really liked. Um, if I had the one thing that I'm happy about is that line. I'm the Doctor and I say people because when I heard that in the next time trailer, I thought the the guy was gonna be like, "Who are you?" And he'd be like, "I'm the Doctor and I say people." <laughs> but no, it didn't go down the cheesy route. Well done. All right, and it, I give this episode seven out of ten. Um, um, keep going up with the podcast, guys. You're doing great. Um, really enjoying what you're doing. Bye. Thank Thanks, you, Alex. Alex. Cheers, Cheers buddy. Um, he, I got a lot. Did he say the post box? The guys? post box guys. That's yeah, brilliant. He's talking about <laughs> he's talking about the mire in their suits. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it because I'm looking at a picture of him now and I see what he means. <laughs> right, I'm going to call him that from now on. The post mm-hmm. boxes. Yeah. Cheers, yeah. Alex. I agree with um a lot of what you said there, mate. Yeah. Uh, over on Facebook. Uh, the uh, the Paladin of Gallifrey. Uh, he says, what can I say? A uh, story that many didn't care for, but are possibly overlooking the reason why they didn't like it in the first place. You may say that it's a story, but you'd be wrong. It's actually the, the direction that fails to deliver. Mm. Uh, Ed Bazalgette uh, has built a stilted world uh, with a lack of movement, imagination or flow. Uh, let's, uh, let's look back to the, the, the heady days of Under the Lake. Uh, we were running through corridors with amazing camera pans, jumping through closed, closing doors to narrowly escape a watery death. And yet, here with the girl who died, we have scenes where Peter Capaldi uh, is asked to simply pace up and down in small contained spaces to deliver the cleverly written dialogue. What translates is a stilted and uneven show. I'm sure I might feel a bit better about things after a second rewatch, but right now, 6 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, he makes a good point there. I think the direction and also the editing, like mm. the, the whole bit about not seeing the monsters and, and the reveal of the, the villain's face uh, only being seen for like a split second. Yeah, the editing and the direction were a bit flat, definitely. It was flat, wasn't it? Especially the middle part. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, Louise, Loopyland. Hello, Louise. Uh, well, I enjoyed it. It was a bit silly and not as good as the last two weeks, but still enjoyable. Uh, big cheer for breaking the Sonic glasses already. Yay. Yay. Uh, hopefully, we can have the Sonic screwdriver back now. Uh, keen to learn more about a shielder. Six out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Martin, Mr. Bad Will Favel. Uh, dire. Absolutely dire. Uh, but I suppose after four strongish episodes, a clunker was inevitable. <laughs> uh, this is the first episode that I haven't rewatched on the iPlayer. As soon as the kids have gone to bed, I'm not sure I, re- I will rewatch it at all. Uh, the aliens were straight out of Sarah Jane Adventures, only without the decent scripts to counter their poor design. Uh, time for Stephen to moff off. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I think a lot of people will, uh, are slowly yeah. agreeing with you there, buddy. Mm. Um, uh, Thomas Andrew Evans. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I did notice that this episode spilt, uh, split the fandom uh, as there were a lot of mixed reactions. I thought yet again Capaldi was superb and I love the explanation of why he has that face. Uh, the only thing was personally, uh, the only thing that was uh, personally to me, it doesn't feel like a two-parter, uh, whereas the others have, but other, so otherwise, uh, 8 out of 10. Thanks, Thomas. Cool. Um, and Joe Sweeney, uh, it was watchable, but not a solid episode. Um, 
Maisie Williams, great actress, but find her character hard to understand. Uh, I was happy that the Sonic sunglasses got snapped in half, but my excitement got short-lived when I saw them back in next week's trailer. Yeah. Damn you, Moffat, in brackets. <laughs> uh, Odin and Maya were, weren't amazing. Uh, they look good. The only problem is they were too easily defeated. Uh, Peter's performance was good, but not not at his best. Coleman's acting has improved since we since after the last two episodes. Uh, I didn't care about the co-cast, and I found them underwhelming. Uh, Cliffhanger was okay. Nothing to shout about. Six out of ten. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's do another audio one. Uh, this is uh, our buddy from Who Alex Reviews. This is Matt. Oh, the biggest... <laughs> anti-climax ever this episode was hyped so much it had so many components to make a solid episode and every single one of them fell incredibly flat first of all 12 was a little bit inconsistent in this he had some great scenes with clara which foreshadowed her demise once again but i just don't get his character he goes from one week being very brutal and harsh letting o'donnell bite the bullet and then the following week he's playing with a yo-yo and desperately trying to revive a girl he's only just met. I just don't feel like there's enough communication between the writers. I mean, it's like they, they all write 12 extremely different and they've not all sat in a room and actually discussed what he should be written like because every week we're getting a completely different 12 and it felt as if you could tell the difference between a Jimmy Matheson scene and a Stephen Moffat scene, which worries me a little bit because 12's in his second series, so I think he should be a little bit more consistent by now. Clara was okay, I think she had some good scenes, and she's probably the most solid thing about this episode. The Vikings were underused beyond belief. They were in the frickin' synopsis, and they were in it for a total of two minutes, and the Maya were even worse. I mean, they didn't look like a good villain to begin with, I wasn't that bothered about the leader, but I was really looking forward to their robot henchmen, and they were in it even less. And to top it off, the way that they were defeated by... So a child telling a story or electric eels which were very convenient just was lazy and didn't make sense they were utterly wasted too and then there was a shielder who was the biggest anticlimax of them all i mean she had a few good scenes with 12 but we knew she was going to die the title gave it away so her death did absolutely nothing for me it was so predictable we all saw it coming and her revival was just as predictable too i mean did the writers think we're stupid? Did they think, oh, they're not going to guess that she dies and she lives? Not that the title gives it away or anything. It was just so predictable. It, it did nothing for me whatsoever. It was interesting to see where 12 got his face from. That worked. But other than that, every part of this episode fell so flat and it was a complete letdown. So, yeah, the only thing I'm looking forward to is seeing where a shielder is in 500 years' time. Other than that, there was no content in this episode whatsoever, so I'm giving it a 4 out of 10. Oh, dear. Oh, dear me. I, do you know, I've got to agree um, with what Matt says about the inconsistency with the Doctor and Clara's character. Yeah. Yep. Um, he makes a really good point there, because if you think about, like, the Seventh Doctor or the Fourth Doctor, you can instantly think of, of their, you know, what their Doctors are. Um, the Twelfth Doctor's character is, yeah, I mean, how would you describe him? It is different yeah. all the time, and Clara as well. I mean, there was um, there was a line. I've said this about Clara a lot. I know uh, her character's all over the place. Um, they're even starting to make a. Uh, they throw in the odd line about her being bisexual. I noticed she oh, was yeah. like, "I'll fight yeah. you for her," and she said something in in um, Magician's Apprentice as well. So they sort of keep throwing in these 
inconsistencies and i yeah i've got to agree with matt they kind of need to get a grip on that this is the second series with peter capaldi with jenna coleman they should have sort of clamped down on this by now and, and got a bit more yeah a bit more characterization with them both because they do seem to be different every week yeah to I, suit yeah. to suit the story yeah i thought when i listened to um to matt's review i, was, I completely agree it's like um like you say with um, even with the newer Doctors, like if you were to watch a Tenant episode or Eccleston, um, or even possibly Matt Smith, but um, definitely the Russell T Davis Doctors and all the classic stuff, mm. you could put on any episode from their from their era, and you'd pretty much you'd pretty much have a, have a solid guess of how they would react to certain things. You yeah. know, their Doctors, their characters were written very consistently. Um, whereas this one, this this series, well, this Doctor, in fact. Um, is very very up and down. Maybe the yo-yo was a metaphor. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. You know? But um, yeah, nice one, Matt. That was a, a good review, and uh, I think we all agree with with that one. Yeah. Uh, back to Facebook, Sammy Satine. Uh, he put, I liked it. Uh, I like Ashilda and her puppets. Uh, I like the fact uh, the Vikings weren't fighters; instead, they were fishermen and blacksmiths, etc. Uh, defeating the Maya with imagination and eels uh, was different and good. Uh, the Maya themselves were underused and not as threatening as they could have been. Uh, I like the scene that explained where his face came from, especially seeing Ten and uh, Donna again. Uh, the glasses got snapped, but I suspect they will return next week. Um, does a shielder's immortality make her like Captain Jack Harkness? Uh, I mean, um, they both can't. They, they, I mean, in a sense that they both can't die. Clara was good. Uh, I missed the rock and roll theme tune. Bring it back. Looking forward to next week. Cheers, Sammy. Cheers, mate. Uh, George Coppen, really liked it better than I expected. Very funny. I have a feeling the Doctor recognised a shielder, but we have to wait and see until next week. Seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Anthony. Uh, well, judging by the trailers, I thought it, uh, I was, uh, wasn't going to like this episode. And unlike the previous four episodes, uh, I really lacked anticipation. Uh, as the episode progressed, I found that not only I was enjoying it, uh, I also admired uh, how it was unlike any episode we had seen before. Uh, Eels, um, the Vikings uh, weren't warriors, they were vulnerable farmers, and the fact that the Maya were defeated by imagination was a great new idea. Eels were also good, um, uh, and like I said, it was a different uh, to what we had seen in the past. Um, finally got an explanation behind Capaldi's face, which he loved. Um, Capaldi, Colman and Williams acted amazingly. Uh, overall, this episode was decent with lots of refreshing content. I actually thought the humour worked well, and the acting was brilliant. Um, uh, despite this, I find it the weakest one yet of Series 9, but still a 7.5. Oh, okay. Uh, Lewis Palmer. Uh, I thought it was good. Not amazing. I didn't love it, um, but it's not like there was anything to get angry about like I did last week. Uh, I loved the face explanation and how it wasn't really made as a huge fu- uh, finale-type reveal. Uh, it created quite an interesting story arc that will continue next week. So, yeah, perfectly fine. Um, and then he replies to his own comment and said, Oh, by the way, Maisie Williams is in this. Uh, really? Maisie Williams is in it. Uh, just in case the official Twitter account didn't already tell you a million times. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cousins 2019. Hello, Cousins. Uh, it was an okay episode. Um, it was just too overhyped and marketed wrong. Uh, I think you can tell when Moffat is writing um, with Jamie Matheson um, with, with lines like, you go off and make babies. Uh, I think when the doctor remembered um, where he got his face could have been a lot better. Maisie was okay. Um, but was too hyped and bringing her back to life is just a reused plot with other characters uh, the first bad episode of the series don't get me wrong i liked it but four out of ten 
Fair play, yeah. And he replied as well and said, oh, and the Maya didn't really do much. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Castillo, uh, personally, the best episode of the series. Uh, I think it's a breath of fresh air having a single episode. As I, as much as I do like the two parters, I think this episode was really funny. See, that's an interesting bit in his comment there, because he, because Jackson was under the impression that it was a single part. Yeah, well, it did feel like it, but mm. yeah, it's not. Yeah, uh, he said Maisie Williams was really good. Uh, loved the end sequence and how the doctor, uh, doctor's face wasn't made into an arc, but perfectly addressed here. Uh, right now, it's a ten out of ten. Wow. Uh, if you ask at the end of the series, it will be at least a strong nine. Okay. Cool. Uh, and uh, lastly, on Facebook, uh, Jeff Waddle. Hello, uh, Jeff. Yeah, he says boring. Uh, oh. About fell asleep, uh, and then he replied as well and said one out of ten, and that's a one for Capaldi. The other actors were as wooden as a stack of crates. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff really isn't digging series nine. You're not a fan, Jeff, are you? No. Uh, and we've got uh, one last uh, audio review. Uh, this is from our good friend, Mr. Jay Kent. Ah, uh, great. Hi, Gary and Adam. It's me, Jay, here to give my thoughts on the game who thrones. I mean, the girl who died. <laughs> now, I'm going to be totally honest. I found it really disappointing. If it weren't for the last 10 minutes, I would have come out hating it, I imagine. But I'll start with some good points, because I like to be optimistic about these things. <laughs> no, but the explaining of the Doctor's face at the end with the flashbacks to Ten and Donna and Kaikilius and Fires Pompeii, I thought it was really good, because I thought when it eventually came down to explaining why the Doctor had this face, I was thinking, oh no, some DNA has been left over on the TARDIS regal, and that got mixed in with the Atron energy, and now that regenerative process had that mixed in. But it's really good, it's really simple, it's just a reminder, I'm the Doctor, this is what I do, I saved him, and this is to remind me in case I'm doubting myself. I thought that was really, really well done. You also had the Doctor doubting immortality, which might mix in with his, the whole death thing that's going on. Whether he's right doing what he does or whether he should just let people die, no matter how much it ruins him. I just love that little conflict with himself. Uh, that was lovely, I think. And thankfully, the Sonic sunglasses were dead, so the Doctor had, didn't have any technological just buzz and you're done resolution. It was really witty, uses strategic, and I found that great about the episode. He actually had to use his wits for once, which I don't think he's done for a while, so I'm really glad about that. Now, bad points. Ha, where do I begin? It was really slow. It was basically just uh, an extended training montage for the overall of the episode. You could put Mulan's I'll Make a Man Out of You, and you've come out with the same effect as the actual music video for the song. I like the idea of these farmers, like, training up to be warriors or whatever, but if they're fighting this supreme warrior race, there must be more warrior races than I've had hot dinners now, they were just awful. They were just bog-standard, didn't see anything impressive or different about them. And Maisie Williams, overhyped too much, didn't see anything about, interesting about her character. The only reason I'm glad she's resurrected is so she, her character has a chance to improve next time. Seriously hoping the second part, like, uh, improves the episode, but one thing I do want to say is, R.I.P. Sonic Sunglasses, rest in hell, you binch! <laughs> Cheers, Jay. I've got some bad news for him. Uh, they're already in the next time trailer, so they are back next week. Yeah, sorry, Jay. Oh, You're going to be disappointed, buddy. Mm, thanks uh, for that. That's funny. Yeah, thank you for all your reviews on the official page. Did you have anything over on the Geek's Handbag? Oh, yes, I had a couple. Um... Let's have a look. Right, so Ben Smith hated it. <laughs> Talk about a dip in quality. The robots looked clunky and were rubbish. The villain was so over the top. After all the hype, Maisie Williams' character was weak. The Vikings were dreadful and they never had horns on their heads. The impl 
entire plot was absolutely awful and was far too silly. The explanation for the Doctor's face was underwhelming and even Capaldi wasn't very good. To think Matheson has made this pile of garbage after two sensational eps last year. It severely failed in every aspect and never grabbed my attention. One of the worst Doctor Who stories ever. I'm giving it one out of ten, he says, and that's being generous. Oh, Ben. Oh, Ben. And that's got two thumbs up, that. Um, yeah. Um, right. Uh, Helen Jones. Hi, Helen. Hello, Helen. Uh, got, I'd actually like to dimensions thing. We'll come on to that in a minute. She said, I had a bad feeling about this one before it aired. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about got this. <laughs> yeah. She says, after all the fuss about Maisie Williams being in it, it felt to me like they'd plucked... Ara Stark straight out of Game of Thrones and dropped it into Doctor Who episode with some comedy Vikings. The story was a bit silly and the solution the Doctor came up with, namely the eels, was just daft. On the plus side, we did see a temporary end to the Sonic Specs and we got a sort of explanation for the Doctor's appearance now. Personally, I never really felt an explanation was required, same as us, Helen. I always just assumed Time Lords ladies could choose who they regenerated to look like after the way Mary Tam regenerated into Lala Ward. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Good point, Helen. Um, but the explanation given was as good as any other, so that's fair enough. I'm going to put this episode down as a bit of a light relief and the more intense stories we've had this series. Hoping the second part will be better than the first. Helen's giving it 7 out of 10. Okay. Okay. Liv Bailey, too many problems, too much Maisie Williams. Enjoy some of it. The highlight was seeing David. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people like seeing David back. Yep. Stephen Hardy, I like this one. He says, horned helmets, enough said. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Stephen. Um, got a couple more. We've got uh, Ryan Williams says, it was definitely my least favorite episode of the series, maybe ever. The only part I really enjoyed was when the Doctor realised who his face was from and the hint at the hybrids. Apart from that, the episode was so overhyped it was unreal. Maisie didn't do anything remotely interesting or intriguing. Next week's episode is going to be a mixed opinion. Mm -hmm. oh, right, okay. Yep. And finally, Andrew Maul says, I am really loving this new series. I think it's such a massive improvement from last year. I really hope that if Maisie Williams is going to be a new companion, we have a version from history and not a modern-day version. I, mm. no, I don't think she is, but um, you never know with Doctor Who, do you? You never know. Yep. never know. So, yeah, quite a mixed mixed bag this week. Yeah, I was going to say, it's um, normally it's mixed and you have some people um, down the middle. But on this one, it was, um, you, you liked it. It was kind of a Marmite one, I guess. It wasn't. I mean, the thing is, though, as I said, even though I think there was a lot of faults of it, it's not like, it's, it's an episode I could happily watch. I would like, for example, um, In the Forest of the Night, that is a dreadful episode, mm. in my opinion. You know, I, I've never gone back and rewatched that. I mean, I probably should. You know, I very much doubt my opinion would change. But um, but this is not an episode I've I got to the end of and thought, oh, that was dreadful. I really just thought it was like, yeah, just a bit, to quote you, Gary, a bit meh. A bit meh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a bit yeah. meh. It, was, it was, wasn't dreadful, I didn't think. Well, we had a lot, we had a few people, we had a 10 out of 10. We had a 10 out of 10? Um, yeah, I think so. Some sevens and a 10, and then we had ones and, you know, ones yeah. and a maximum of four on the lower end. So there wasn't many fives and sixes, really. It was like seven or above or a one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it, actually, because the episodes in Series 9 have been di diversive in the sense that they've either been, like you said, um, 
there's been things that they've picked up on. Hmm. Whereas this has just been, like you said, so Marmite. It's been either ones or twos or really, really enjoyed it. So there's not much middle ground, actually, apart from me. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, not much middle ground on this one. A lot of people either loved it or really, really disliked it. Sure. Yeah. Um, Helen Jones. Uh, she was at a convention recently. Yes, yeah, she was. She went to Dimensions. Where was that? Um, in Slough, was it? Or was it up north? Newcastle, oh, I Newcastle. believe. Yes. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, she was. Um, she sounds like she had a great time. She left a comment on our Facebook page, um, didn't she, saying about it? Yes, about our trivia question. Yes, that's right, because she got it right, didn't she? She did, indeed, which we'll come on to in a second. Yeah. Um, so I had a great time there, Helen. We were thinking about going to Dimensions, or I was at mm. least. Um, I don't know why I didn't go. Why didn't I go? Must have been busy. Busy, 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 busy. Yeah, look like a good one, though. So thank you very much, guys, for sending in your comments, thoughts, audio clips, whatever. Um, please keep them coming. It's the, literally the best part of the show for us, hearing your thoughts and reading them out. And it's almost like we're having a, uh, almost like we're having a conversation with you guys. Yeah, we love it. Almost. <laughs> yeah, which is really cool. And I think we will wrap there, buddy. Yes, do it. Thank you very much for joining us for episode 61. And you guys kind of agreed with our uh, review and scores on um, The Girl Who Died. Mm. Um, but a lot of you hating it. A lot of haters out there at the moment. So, yeah, yeah I think Mr. Moff, I think you need to uh, you need to start pulling your socks up, buddy. Get some it's... consistency going. I know we had Matthew from Who Addicts um, audio review there, but uh, James from Who Addicts did a hilarious, well, not intentionally hilarious but uh, an immediate reaction of the episode he was going mad yeah so i don't know if it, yep. yeah i don't know if it's still on their facebook page but um yeah he really tore into it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was cool so once again thank you very much let's move on to trivia so last week we asked you what football team does ace support and uh, the answer is of course charlton athletic of course a uh, couple of winners on this one alex kingdom uh, well done to you buddy on facebook and helen jones on facebook and she had a bit of help didn't she she had a little bit of help from Sophie Aldred herself, apparently, because Sophie Aldred was at the Dimensions um, convention that Helen went to. So she did say she mentioned it, apparently, while on stage or something. So, yeah. yeah. But we still count that as uh, getting it right, Helen. Yeah, you had some help. But seeing as you had some help from Ace, it's, mm. uh, it's all good. Helen also said that she, she chatted to Dash, Daphne, I'm saying oh, now, Daph, Daphne Ashbrook yeah. uh, at the convention and, uh, about the podcast. So that's really cool. Apparently, Daphne was really nice when Helen met her so nice to know that they were chatting about the podcast oh nice one yeah okay this week's question for you guys uh, what hobby does Wilf engage in when he goes up the hill in quote marks uh, what hobby does Wilf engage in when he goes up the hill uh, send your answers over uh, over to us on Facebook or Twitter and we'll read the correct ones out next week until then, head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. From there, you can listen to all the back episodes, and there's also links uh, to uh, subscribe in iTunes and RSS, or if you want to uh, follow us and like us on Facebook and Twitter, you can do that from there as well. Uh, we'd love to have you guys on board. It's always cool chatting to you guys and reading your stuff out, so make sure you do that. Uh, also, check out um, Adam's channel on YouTube and Facebook, The Geek's Handbag. 
Yeah, uh, Halloween some, special on its way. It's some really one. cool videos uh, that Adam does over on that channel. Really cool. Nice. On the spot reviews, unboxings, product reviews, thoughts, location shoots, the whole shebang. Yeah, I must get to a new location next year, I think. Needs to do another location visit. Yeah, be cool. Anyways, until next week, my name's Gary. And uh, my name's Adam. And remember, Alonzi! Uh,